Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. So I'm Adam Lefford. I'm a software developer and technologist in the Boston area, and happy to be invited here to interview Faye Wu on her own Phase World Podcast. Welcome to your podcast, Faye. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be my own podcast. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll get into a lot of uh, big picture stuff. We'll get into a lot of details. But just to sort of orient everybody, uh, this is a little bit unusual to be interviewed on your own podcast. Uh, why are we interviewing you? Actually, to learn a little bit more about me turns out to be a popular request by many of my audience. I was really surprised by this. And I finally decided that for the next episode, which I have so far released 19 of them, it's about time to speak my mind and to introduce myself and tell everyone, you know, why I decided to do this. So we definitely want to hear the whys and the wherefores. And just to kind of give everybody sort of a kind of a standard background, almost a CV, what are you working as now? What were you doing before that? Educational background, those sort of standard interview questions. So let's start with work. What are you up to these days and work-wise? And how did you get from where you started to that point? I am currently a full-time senior digital producer at Arnold Worldwide. Arnold is very recognized in the United States. It is an advertising agency that has been around since 1947, I believe. And prior to that, I was a also a senior producer at Digital Influence Group. Um, Dig was a smaller agency. And prior to that, I worked at Sapient for about six years, um, fresh out of school. And those six years was divided into two parts. Part one was in consulting and part two was in advertising. So I had a similar role as a digital producer. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a project manager who's managing digital projects. And just to go super basic, when you say digital, you mean? So the digital projects in my world means um, could be as general as website development, web applications. So the difference of that would be, you know, a website could be for a digital campaign, it could be for a company's website, whereas um, web application could be something, for instance, for an educational institution, it's an application to help you choose a school, compare with other schools, something in that nature. And it could also mean social media, but not as straightforward as posting something or sharing a story or content curation. Could be developing a Facebook app, a LinkedIn app, a Twitter app. You know, it could be a survey, could be a game, and or could be... Experience. People, you, I don't love it, but people use mm -hmm. the word experience sometimes. I think that actually means something else was taken to mean other things. Mm -hmm. But just kind of in the vernacular these days, people tend to call those little things experiences. Yes, so digital experiences. That sounds good. So I do have some more questions about the ad world, but we have a, we have a lot to cover. So jumping around a little bit from you know what what people call your day job and and that calling and that career, how do you get from there to podcasting? What sort of a transition is that, or jump, or what kind of itch does that scratch to get into the podcasting world? So podcasting is really interesting. There are there are a few podcasts that I've been listening to, such as you know Tim Ferriss, James Altucher. And I do listen to the more popular ones by definition, you know, Fresh Air, NPR, and um, 
you know, I notice that when I listen to them, I'm typically on a long drive somewhere out of the city. We're going to my Taekwondo school or be on the train ride. And it's such a natural way to learn. And even materials and things that you would imagine that you'll want to listen to, such as programming. You know, I um, will get there. I studied computer science when I was in college. And, and it's really fascinating. So I thought to myself, what if, what if I could do something like this and just create a podcast for someone could potentially be my age, but also I am someone who's friends with people as young as 17, 16 years old in college, you know, to people much senior than I am. So what if I create a, a platform so I could talk to, you know, people kind of with very different backgrounds and share their stories? Um, I'm sure you have more questions, so I'm not going to give it all away at this point. So yeah, it's, it's it's beautiful. I guess one one thing. So to sit from a producer role to a consumer role, a consumer role to a producer role, we turn on the radio, TV, or podcast, and it seems to be a fairly high level of what people call production value. It sounds good. It's it sounds like something that's sort of ready to be consumed or ready to be appreciated. How long? Did it take you in sort of in, in uh, descriptive terms, how many steps between saying, yeah, like what one of my friends calls, let's put on a show, like from deciding you might like to have a podcast till you were actually able to do it. How long did that take kind of in weeks or months and how many things had to happen before you were able to just kind of turn the mic on and, and get rolling? So it probably took me about a couple of weeks and out of that, about a week, which is 50% of the time, really is sourcing everything I need. That goes from hardware, that's more trivial, to software and how to use the software that I choose. And, you know, for instance, the devices are now really complex. Um, I got my Mac laptop. I think I'm using a MacBook Pro and I need a phone for a backup. And I had recently purchased a phone with really good sound quality and searching for the right mic. I read a lot of Amazon reviews and I went to the stores and trying to test them out. And all, with all that, trying to limit my budget to something middle of the road so I'm not spending $3,000 to have a super slick studio, but at the same time not recording right into my laptop. And in terms of software, pretty standard. It is Audacity. The good news is it works for both Mac and PC. The challenge with Audacity that I had a mental block was I never studied audio engineering, which is really a very sophisticated discipline on its own. And, you know, I, I struggled a little bit with that. And Audacity doesn't have the most intuitive user interface, doesn't have the most beautiful one. It is a, um, a you know, open source software. So that took maybe a week. And on top of all that, I had to really learn about RSS feeds. And something I only kind of learned in theory and, and that's something I had to hook up for my podcast. There are so many little things, you know, RSS feeds is one of them, choosing the right image. The right image needs to be in the right dimension in order to submit to iTunes and their server was down. So all these things, uh, that needs to happen. That's like, this is prior to scheduling the interview, finding the right person to be on my show for the first episode. All of that. So, per, uh, 
person for your first episode is a perfect transition to the thing we're going to talk about next, which is the guests and who they are and what kind of what they bring to the table. But just backing up a step, first a note to the listeners, you told me before, we're not going to teach whole courses in podcasting really at this point, but we are going to list in the show notes maybe an intro and an intermediate set of hardware software. When you say open source, just to call that out, you know, to the listeners, that means it's free. So Audacity, which will be in the show notes, is free of charge. Just in not worrying about the details because that'll be in the show notes, in broad, how many zeros in the number terms, it's now January 2015 as we're recording this, for somebody to you know, follow your recommendations just as an example and purchase a set of the stuff you need, assuming you've got your own reasonably recent one, two, three-year-old uh, Mac or PC laptop, ballpark how, mu- how many dollars to get rolling in podcasting just for the, for the hardware that you'd need? Mm. About how much are we talking? Very little. Because Audacity is free and you're a laptop, it's already there. The only thing you, you need to consider is pretty much a microphone. So... I have a few of my um, recommendations. I really love, uh, I believe, I, I'm not going to make it up right now, um, but there's a travel mic that's so easily clip onto your Mac. I carry it everywhere, especially when I need to interview my, um, you know, such a like coworker or something that's easy to carry. And then I recently in, in, uh, investigated another one by Blue, and this one's called Yeti, the one we're using right now. And it's it's really good. It's technical. I mean, to kind of even like show you around, there is the mic can be turned in four options, as you can see on the other side. The one we're using right now is called bidirectional. So it blocks out the sound from the sides. Oh, wasn't aware. Yeah, it's really cool because we're sitting across the table. And if I'm recording something just for my intro, then I would change it into just a single direction. And that's not the, the official name to call that. There's stereo and all the other options. So this mic, again, is $100. So you're looking at, honestly, like a couple of hundred dollars to get started. But also to mention that the service I'm using to host my podcast is called Libsyn. L-I-B-S-Y-N. They're very standard. And there are four or five other competitors out there. But I say, and just like, you know, invest the money. It's only $20 a month to host up to, I believe, four to 500 megabytes, which is more than enough for me. And Lipson also has a platform. It is a platform and it shares that with its own audience and it's very reliable. And if you struggle to set up at the beginning, they have technicians sort of on call on via email to help you out. So this is to say that if you pay nothing to host your website on WordPress, try not to host your podcast episodes on your website. It is recommended against by uh, by many professionals out so there. somebody just to clarify if somebody comes to the website what they see the pictures the words the menus that will be hosted on wordpress but when you look at that link mm-hmm. uh the experience for the users is the same they click a button something happens they won't know the difference mm-hmm. but under the hood where that file is stored and how it's served up technically behind the scenes that would be from libsyn so that the performance would be better and it's not that much and if they really don't have the twenty dollars mm-hmm. uh they would start that's something that i would throw in from my side as well that when you're listening to a podcast you know you know you can pause it or fast forward rewind but it's sort of feels like a live experience but given that it's recorded mm-hmm. anyone who's thinking of doing it just do it because you have plenty of time. Nobody's rushing you. Nobody's, you know, there's no deadline. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, erase it and start again, like anything mm-hmm. digital. Or you can try to edit it, play around with that, learn with that. So versus even staying up giving a speech or being in a school play or mm-hmm. presenting at work, presenting you know, your PowerPoint or your, your marketing plan at work, 
is a live event. You kind of got to go up there and be on mm -hmm. with something like a podcast, especially if it's not your day job, you have all the time in the world. Right. And just to comment that the, the time frame that you gave is pretty quick, mm -hmm. you know, to go from <laughs> idea to completion, to go from, hmm, this might be fun to putting it out really to the whole world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you've had listeners in a, in a bunch of countries, right? Yeah, I, I don't have the dashboard from Lipson right in front of me, but I would imagine at this point, you know, 15 to 20 countries. And Lipson allows you to kind of dissect it down even more so you can look at states, like within the United States. You know, I live in Massachusetts and we'll break it down by city. And then even then, you know, you look at people from Oregon, from California, from Florida. I mean, I have some friends over there, but to imagine there are people from all over the world to tune in, that's pretty amazing. And I was recently interviewed by Music Creative Radio, and this DJ, Kyron, asked me, like, Faye, can you imagine just speaking in at an auditorium in front of, you know, he used a metaphor of 30 people, and that's pretty impressive. But at this point, my podcast has been downloaded 1,700 times after two and a half months. It's pretty amazing, you know, to provide yourself with the opportunity to share your ideas, your thoughts. But for my platform, it's even more so is my friend stories, my mentors, my hero stories. So it's, yeah, it's super fun. So, so on all three of those ideas, and one, you mean you've already filled a Tony Robbins-sized auditorium just starting out with your with your 1,700 people. Wow. That's amazing. And you get to the excitement of it. And even though I know that the guests are the lifeblood of the podcast and promise that's coming up next, a quick touch on why. So we could imagine, but from your perspective, from your heart, uh, from your soul, why do it? Well, I think for one, a year ago, I turned 30. And... You know, I feel like people reach different, I guess, goals, desires at different ages. But for me, I felt the urge of creating something on my own since I was in my mid-20s and possibly a lot earlier than that. And it was really hard to grasp what that should be, what that looks like. It felt very arbitrary. For me, someone, you know, I feel like people call me like jacks of all trades, but to a level that I'm not really an expert in any fields, I am not... You know, sometimes when I was in college, I remember somebody referred to you like, oh, Chris, you, we knew you're going to be a programmer when you're five years old. And part of me felt like, well, I wish I knew that. I wish somebody pointed at me and said, you should do this. Nobody told me what I was supposed to do. And after listening to all the podcasts and just just feel sincerely how truthful all these hosts are, and many of them really didn't need this to make money, to be, become more famous. Um, and I was just really inspired. And well, on top of that, I, I, I kept forgetting and all my friends try to remind me is when I was 16 years old, I worked as a part-time DJ at China National Radio Station. I wasn't like a full-time employee, obviously, but you know, I was able to connect with you know, not the world, but people from China, and it's, you know, a country of 1.2 billion people and receiving letters from them. As it's a only 20% of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Connecting with 20% of the world. And that was really amazing. And so somehow podcasts really helped me connect the dots. And I love people. I love listening to other people's stories. I'm interested in other people's lives, their struggles, their joy, and to celebrate that moment with them. 
So and be super, be very raw, be very kind of uncut and and very honest, and that somehow just connected the dots for me with nice. podcasting. Nice. So your truth, their truth, yeah. Uh, bring these stories to light. So who are you know? I'm, there are uh, I guess over a dozen, and I know a few on the back burner waiting to be uh, produced and and published. So. There are, they're all important. They've all brought their own perspectives and interests. But who are the first few that just come to mind of guests, either that you've spoken to recently or that you'd just like to mention now? I'm sure we'll probably in future episodes maybe get to talk about the other ones as well. Mm-hmm. What are a couple of the guests and what truth did they bring? What perspective did they bring? How did they change you or change the listeners you've talked to? So one of the first people I thought about interviewing was uh, my Taekwondo instructor, Michael J. O'Malley. And I was just very inspired by, you know, his upbringing and his competition on the U.S. team as a very young man, you know, a teenager, basically, and still being able to teach and influence many of us today. And just, and it's just amazing to watch him, how he interacts and teach the kids and leadership skills, which is another theme I think probably will come up, which is mentoring young people so i thought about creating a series just for him and then i thought you know would it would be really amazing instead of putting so much pressure on a single person and committing so much time to it what if we can just like you know think of it like a kaleidoscope like surprise you all the colors that might come in different nice. perspectives different people i mean I, I one thing i loved um getting in there is is having you know people of different ethnicities backgrounds and what's really amazing now i've been in this country for 14 years it's unbelievable it's half of my life nearly you know and it's just how initially 14 years ago i thought we're very different you know that that made sense you know arriving in the u.s uh, as a 16 17 year old and everybody looked different and speak a different language but more recently in the past five years you know, I, when you go back to China, people use the terms called a global village and it's sort of like we're all so by proximity that you can pretty much fly anywhere in the world and within 15, 20 hours meet people. And we're all so similar all of a sudden. You know, I don't know actually how I got here, but I just, oh. you know. I, I've had the same experience. I mean, in going out at first blush, you meet people in either whether it's by gender, or mm-hmm. ethnicity, age, profession certainly you notice those differences and then sooner or later but almost always sooner you they strike this chord you're like wow same fears same hopes same dreams Mm -hmm. and then for you especially because you have i mean since you were very young i think for one you were exposed to at commonwealth school you were exposed to people who are from i mean it's a small school and that's ironic part but you get to meet people from all over the world like brilliant young kids and then I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate. It's triggered to why you're very connected to Asian culture. I mean, not just, not just particularly Chinese or Japanese, but Asian culture is in all these countries involved. And you're just perfectly comfortable with, you know, people from Europe and kind of that's your background as well. Yeah. Well, the martial arts background, you know, where we first met was a meeting place for that as well. Almost ironically, the fact that those days, back in the 80s, though we love all our brothers and sisters of all, of all the colors, almost all of the people who really stuck in there 
in the longest hours were African-American and not Asian. Mm. And Mr. Mai that you mentioned, even though he has deep respect uh, for the Asian tradition, is not from Korea himself, mm-hmm. ethnically, uh, but world class at a level that's that's not even questioned. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, you know, maybe getting us off on a tangent, but sort of similarities, differences, cultures mm-hmm. and, and commonalities where the people seem like, oh, what could be more different mm-hmm. than some African-American kid in the projects versus a martial arts master from Korea? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it's you know, 70, 80, 90 degrees. Mm. And when you're hitting the punching bag for the, you know, that hour or two or whatever it's going to be, it really kind of come down to the bone of it where everybody, you know, much as it sounds kind of hands across America really is the same. So, and then, and then the differences, you know, each guest obviously has, you know, some of them different ages, different sports. So, you know, let's sort of switch gears and jump from the guests to the audience so you've got this wide range of people. You've mentioned the digital world. Maybe because we, we won't even have time to go through every single guest and who they were, and that's on the show notes. So those are in the, the list of episodes. Mm-hmm. Just to, in sort of broad strokes, maybe kind of in a, in a bullet point sense, what are some of the industries that have been covered or perspectives or however, however it's best to put it of the guests and flipping it around, though it could certainly be an, an infant variety. Have you noticed any groups of listeners or is just whoever clicked that that button and, and, and tuned in. Mm-hmm. So my immediate network, to mention that Face World Podcast grows completely organically, and what that means to people who don't work at an agency or as familiar with the term organic, really means I'm not paying anyone anywhere to broadcast my episodes or my podcast in general. So, you know, what I'm witnessing up front is I share out to my Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn network, and some of that skew towards, I guess, advertising agency, people I already know, partially that's, you know, people from college. But what's really amazing and fascinating are a couple of things that, you know, the cohorts that you begin to grow, identify as you develop these episodes are pretty surprising, meaning that some of those I get feedback from my audience who are so lovely to call me up and just be able to articulate their feedback in details and we collaborate on some of the questions we could play out. Um, but sometimes, you know, you feel like the, if the recording quality isn't the greatest and you feel like this is such a niche and, and people might not be able to relate to something, but turns out they loved it and people are really tuning in for one reason or the other. And, and vice versa, I think it's, you know, a lot, some of the people I interview are fairly high profile associated with really big companies. And sometimes they go in waves, as in, um, some of the episodes get noticed a little bit later on. I mean, later on now, two and a half months later, obviously we're not talking about five to 10 years, but could be sometimes, you know, you're, you're watching you as in me watching the dashboard, hoping for the, the click throughs to go up in the first day or two. Some episodes really, they do expand the most, but some of the episodes kind of pick up two to three weeks in. So that's kind of the growth of the podcast. But my audience in general, I think are amazing because not everybody is truly connected to me. When I share an episode out, of celebrating somebody's life, whether that be Caleb or Josh Green or Michael O'Malley, then there are a groups of their own fans and families who tune right in. And I look at these likes and these comments. I don't know any one of these people. 
but truly the stories really inspire them and those are the people they've known their whole lives so it's really amazing it's kind of um walks of all a walks of life um type of answer i guess so that's an opportunity too, you know, to if we're trying to maybe nudge the listeners like, hey, you could try this, you could do this as well. Mm-hmm. That you know, somebody might be home caring for children, somebody might have a full time job, somebody might not have a full time job, but be scrambling around, you know, for hanging up a shingle or having a consulting gig. That after you do that work, and just just in a sort of a summary sense, record the episode. Maybe it's an hour or two. How many ballpark? How many hours to produce it to get ready to go out? To where you could be at work doing your thing and people, these tribes are getting together kind of almost mm-hmm. around the digital campfire mm-hmm. and sharing the stories with their tribes and they're telling two friends and they're telling two friends. Now I am more or less fluent two and a half months in, right? I'm still pretty much a, a rookie here. So, you know, not counting an hour of recording that's on Skype, that's an hour, that's very solid. But if you're on the road, you know, sometimes that could be a couple of hours, a few hours. Imagine, you know, on a, on a weekend, morning or afternoon. It's easy to plan. And producing this episode, my show, just like many other podcast shows, are about an hour. And I create show notes, which means show notes as specific as down to the minute, you know, minute three. This was a question I asked. So you can really use it as a, um, to navigate, uh, you know, how you want to listen to the podcast. So that's a little bit more work. So cut to the chase in general is about three to five hours per episode. And, you know, producing that content, I write an article about it. I do a a little to a lot more compared to some of the other podcasters I've seen out there because I do follow my heroes who are thriving in this industry. And, you know, clearly they're a lot more famous than I am. You know, Tim Ferriss, James Altucher, put in so much effort and I try to mimic that and they could potentially have other engineers and people working for them. But it comes down to just you through to five hours. It sounds like a lot, but imagine, you know, every week that means a couple of hours on a Tuesday and then on a Thursday night after work or, you know, um, or just like spend half a day over the weekend, you know? So I do want to kind of summarize that a little bit. People who are, have a lot of impact, are very interesting. Some of them are not necessarily well-known. Of the well-known people people might have heard, uh, Christina Reed, who was one of the two producers on Big Hero 6, mm-hmm. uh, Ralph Peterson, who uh, you've met and even practiced martial arts with over the years, world-famous jazz drummer, mm-hmm. and other people that I remember you telling me just as this project was getting started, one of the reasons was to bring those voices out, to take those people who if they don't hear them on the podcast and they don't happen to be friends with them across their path, they may never hear from. Mm-hmm. So on that tip, as you being a listener too, you learning, these people are listening, we don't even know who most of them are and we wish them a wonderful experience, but if they don't reach out and contact you, we may not even know. What have you learned? What have you kind of taken away or what's resonated with you in some of these episodes that's been surprising to you, maybe even from people that, that you thought you knew well? So there are definitely roughly two to three groups of people. There are people I've known for a long time. And to give you a sense, people I've known since I've gone to this country for 13, 14 years. And I haven't intervened in anybody from my childhood just yet, so I can't say. You know, so maybe that's years. a to-do for later. That is a definitely a to-do because I have a lot of uh, friends since childhood are doing crazy, amazing things. And 
but you know they're the groups I've known for ten plus years, and the people I've but the people I've known for a long time, but never quite got in touch with them at this level of details. Never really sat down face to face for an hour and say, "Let's talk about you." And then there are people I just simply find amazing, but I might not know as much of the the ins and outs just yet. And then these are the definitely the last group of the people I will be interviewing very uh, very soon in the near future. There may be a couple of them already、um, with episodes released. So that's really that's kind of the category. And even with the people I've known for a long time, the really surprising factor is, wow, I was able to learn. So much more about them in that hour, and it just it, it, su- it surprised me and kind of shocked my system to a degree of how can I possibly be able to learn this much? And and when I share these stories, obviously with our mutual friends, and that was the same. They echoed the exact same feedback, and it's um you know it's pretty amazing. That just shows that the power of having a podcast and or just dedicating time. If you don't want to start a podcast, you don't have to force yourself to do that. But just to dedicate time and make an make an effort to say, call up three of your friends and say, let's sit down. Maybe not with your significant other or with screaming children, or you know, not at a bar where you're hanging out with forty other people. You can't hear each other. Just let's talk. Let's sit down. I had some questions for you. You can ask me some of the questions. How have you been? You know, and And the questions, obviously, as you listen to the、uh, podcast, are not shallow at all, and they they dig in pretty deep,、um, especially in some of the people who I interviewed and got their permissions, and、um, including addictions, you know. So, and、yeah. you mean real addictions? You mean like crack addiction? Not I really like to watch Scandal on such and such a yeah. night. Yeah, exactly. So things like that, and and a lot of the common common fears we all had. Which was nobody wanted to listen to their own voices, myself included. In post production, I still struggle a little bit, but I struggled big time releasing the first few episodes. I mean, the first one was nearly impossible; almost killed my podcast altogether. And and it was emotionally、uh, stressful. But again, for the listeners, start to finish, you know, calendar. You thought of it, you did it. How long did it actually take to push it out the door? Calendar days. I had the podcast done in a couple of days. Of course, you were very slow in the beginning. Couple of days. It took me like another week emotionally, kind of have break it through to say, let me wait for the perfect time.、And、I realized that there is no perfect time. So it's so it's certainly not for a large corporation, but it's almost like that joke about taxes. You know, April fifteenth or whatever day it is, you push, you postpone, postpone, procrastinate, and then at you know eleven thirty at night you sit down. Twenty minutes later, it's done. You run to the post office, you drop it in the mail. Yeah. So again, just to give another perspective to listeners that there can be that stage fright, there can be that hesitation. But、mm-hmm. when you and you you didn't have a particular background in it, you didn't go to Berkeley, you didn't you know you weren't an audio engineer.、Mm-hmm. Uh, in actual stand back and look at it, it, it all happened pretty quickly. And I would say too. So for example, the Taekwondo instructor, Master Michael O'Malley, known him for thirty five years,、mm-hmm. and I learned things in the podcast that I had never heard, stories I had never heard. And as I've reached back out again to some of your guests just to talk to them because they're people that I either know or have been acquainted with or have an opportunity to speak with. I got the sense, just to sort of put a word on what you were saying, that the podcast almost gives you an excuse to draw those people away from their incredibly busy lives and say, you know, let's set an appointment.、Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, even though these people are accomplished and some of them communicate for a living,、uh, I'm thinking of the Von Lee episode or some of those people where it gives them, and you know, Master O'Malley as well, 
gives the app an opportunity to open up and say, well, somebody has officially asked me, mm -hmm. even officially only in the sense of I have a podcast. What's mm -hmm. that? Oh, it's this. It's like a radio show, but we do it on the internet. Mm -hmm. And after they sort of either know about that, of course, or get used to the idea, just being asked or, or the, the two physicians that you interviewed, mm -hmm. uh, it gives them an opportunity to say, well, I'm not that guy at the cocktail party blabbing on and wondering whether the person I'm talking to's eyes have glazed over. Somebody asked me and somebody said, you know what? I want to hear your story. I want to hear what you've learned or what you've experienced or what you want to share with people. Let's take mm -hmm. an hour, an hour and a half, mm -hmm. two hours and let's do that. And for those people who don't make speeches for a living or, you know, don't communicate, that that's been an incredible opportunity for me as a listener. And I think for them too, to share that, to know that somebody wants to hear it. And to uh, switch gears for the last time, myself personally, what I like about podcasts is anyone can hit the pause button. Anyone mm -hmm. can hit the stop button. Mm -hmm. So you're not, hopefully, you're still listening to us uh, for this episode, but you're not boring anybody because if they're too busy, they got something better to do, they can hit that button, they can go away and come back or not. But so, I, yeah. I, I do um, want to address the, the fact that when you put people in that situation and the two physicians and Christina Reed who's a producer at Disney, at the end of every episode, there's one thing I hear consistently was, that was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. And people will tell me that, I mean, the two physicians have been going at their careers for 25 plus years, not including time spent at medical school. And they thanked me for, for helping them reconsider their sort of look at their their life and career and be able to appreciate it from the bottom of their hearts because they're so busy. They really haven't spent time thinking about so much and certainly not holistically. So they, everybody had fun. I certainly have so much fun doing this and it's my choice. Yeah, beautiful. So I will throw in a mini brag here. Whereas the real beginning of the podcast and the heart of the podcast, you've used the phrase unsung heroes and bring those voices to light as you just said. Having, you know, I know you read uh, Choose Yourself, the Altered Your Book, and almost kind of on an urge after, I don't remember exactly what the connection is, having reached out to James Altered and said, hey, you know, you're such an inspiration to me. Of course, I understand if you can, if you're too busy, but if we can get to such and such a point in the listeners, would you be a guest? And he said yes. He did. So, uh, he cannot back out of it now. Yeah. So now he's been, he's been loving, lovingly addressed and called out that we, that we look forward to that. So again, it's not all about famous people. There are even other, you know, people who you might have heard of or well known just because it's one of the exciting things. It's not the only exciting thing hearing from there's, I don't think his episode's been released yet, but a young man who's, uh, in high school mm. talks about experiences and in, in, I don't know if I can call it social work if he's not officially a social worker, but community work, helping people and education and the perspective of a young person. So absolutely appreciate the unsung heroes and some sung heroes too. Mm -hmm. So other things, so tech stuff we, you know, I have some notes we were going to talk about, but that can be in the show notes. Uh, we, we have managed to hit the prod, the process of podcasting. So that there's almost kind of this, you mentioned a kaleidoscope, a lot of visual metaphors and almost sort of a mirror metaphor emerging where people that you've met so-called in real life and then we see them reflected back in a new light or from more angles that the people who are guests on the podcast you know are you a listener are you a guest are you an interviewer and today of course we got the kind of mm -hmm. the topsy-turvy episode that some of the guests have become listeners to their own story in sort of an interesting way 
So going kind of ABA again, you as the host and then the guest and then the listener, what are some of the things that you've learned listening to, I don't want to call it your own podcast, don't really own it, but like that you brought it to life. What are a few of the things that come to mind either in a, in a, in a kind of what could you do that you couldn't do before or maybe perspective shift? How, how do you see things differently since the podcast started? Well, you know, big or small, what have you learned? So smaller things, I guess could, they're not so small is I wanted to, learn something about my podcast that actually benefit my professional life, my full-time career as well. You know, as a project manager, I have to constantly facilitate meetings. Uh, and then, you know, facilitation and presentation skills are the things I've been forever working on my career. And I find it really fascinating. But to put yourself on the spot to say, I create this as my name on it. It's, you know, it can be um, daunting at times, and you really listen to yourself. And I question myself, you know, could I have asked that question differently? Could I change my tone? And what if I asked a slightly, you know, what if I had a different approach? So it's it's fascinating. I start creating these kind of parallel universe uh, scenarios in my own head to see how can I steer this conversation, and and I get better over time. And then sometimes I feel embarrassed to have to release some of the earlier uh, recorded episodes, like you know, and then release them later on. You really sense the difference. And to say to any one of ourselves, right, what can you improve? How can you improve yourself significantly over the course of two months? That's a lot to ask from anybody, whether it's a musician or martial artist. That is unrealistic expectation. But to really shine a spotlight on yourself, well, in this, put yourself on, you know, under a spotlight for a close examination. It's really scary, but it is a great way to improve yourself. And people tell me, you know, where people tell in presenters in general, do not say, um, um, you know, all, all these things. And you're like, I never did that. And I hear myself doing that. And I also notice, um, on a bigger picture, I feel like initially, I said thank you a lot, and I still do, sincerely. And I tend to say yes uh, and trying to agree. You know, in terms of you don't have to agree with each other all the time. After yes, yes, that's so true. <laughs> not agreeing, not agreeing, yes. <laughs> you know, and some people you don't know as well. You're a little nervous, and they're nervous on your podcast. So little things like that, it's fascinating. Uh, maybe not as interesting to people who are, who are not conducting podcastings, but... Um, but I think it could be because you know. podcasting is just one. So, you know, give these phrases these days with so much self-help um, mm -hmm. is a phrase you hear a lot. But I think it's a true phrase. They could talk about going out of your comfort zone. So I think it it could the listeners will know for themselves. But it could be interesting because it doesn't have to be podcasting. It mm -hmm. could be Toastmasters speaking in front of a crowd. It could be teaching little kids something that you know how to do. Mm -hmm. And what you said reminded me of another one of the podcast guests uh who's an accomplished innovation expert, Stephen Shapiro, an author who most recently is working on new books. In between that, uh, wrote Best Practices Are Stupid about kind of a contrarian's view of innovation. But even before that, wrote a book called Goal-Free Living. And even though I know you, you got a chance to read some of it, I'm not sure if you read the whole thing, but having, you know, met with Stephen and, and, uh, kind of gotten his vibe or gotten his perspective, I don't remember that this was actually conscious or unconscious in you, but it sort of turned out that way that the Phase World podcast was 
what he calls like a purposeful wandering or a lily pad,、mm-hmm. where you don't really have a goal, but you just sort of move in a direction that you feel will be beneficial and, and appreciate.、Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know, Buddhism and other traditions have an appreciation for this and just appreciate what happens in that moment. So, just to kind of put it in other words, if you had said, "I'm going to have." A ten-week program. At the end of this ten-week program, I'm going to have achieved、mm-hmm. these personal goals of public speaking. Sounds like insight, Tony Robbins. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> that would have been. And, and Tony, I'll you know not to shift gears and、we'll、talk about him some other day, has even changed his own feeling about、mm-hmm. goal setting just to throw it in there. In the very earliest days, he said, which still has truth: the more specific you can be, the、uh, you know the the more the better chance you have of reaching a goal. And over the decades, still holds that in some situations, but has changed that to. You know, if you can't go through it, go over it and go around it.、Mm-hmm. Or if you're on your way to somewhere and you find somewhere else that's even better, that's fine yeah, too. So, guess、so、what? Stephen had said was, you kind of meander with this purpose. What I've seen in you is, in that time, had you, you know, for you, for this, for this domain, had you set those goals? Frankly, it probably would have just been another set of stress on a life that had enough、yeah. uh, work pressure, career pressure, but they happened anyhow. Yeah, I think you really can't set yourself too many goals in this because, I mean, the good news is, for instance, like if I, you know, at, at work, people look at me as you're a project manager for over eight years. You must meet these criteria, or in order to qualify for a promotion, you must do A, B, and C. And the good news is, like, you know、Restrict. what? Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. I recommend not just people who are thirty or twenty years old. I recommend if you're in your forties, fifties, try something new. Try something that. You wouldn't even imagine before, because you know the good news is, as somebody who's you know as a beginner, and beginner's luck is something that you could certainly take advantage of. And then you also don't have to expect so much out of yourself. So what you know, when I released the the first episode, when I made the announcement, and I received overwhelming amount of、uh, feedback, encouragement, and of course. As it goes on, and it's a little quieter, and people kind of already know what I'm doing, and there, some of my friends are very busy with young kids that I can't really commit to listening to、uh, some or any of them, but they like the post anyway. And you know, Ralph Peterson Jr., who's very, he's a very renowned musician, who's been a drummer his whole life, and that's you know, forty plus years. I remember after I released the episode after midnight. Yes, there are some late nights and working on your own. And、I remember waking and waking up in the morning at seven seven thirty, and it was over seventy downloads. I mean, I, I was asking myself, you know, it's how where did these seventy people come from? And so I think that's really amazing. It just you you, and I think the lastly one thing I want to say is I definitely want to thank all my listeners. I want to mega thank all my guests. I thank them multiple times. I dedicated a post just to them, but really every time I talk to them. Not only it turned nearly all of them turned the mic around and asked me ask how I've been doing, and really encourage and reassure that this is something that is so meaningful to me, to them, and to the rest of the world. And I feel like, to a certain degree, I feel like I'm hypnotized every time. And really, starting with Caleb Brown, the gentleman who inspired me on so many levels, episode number one, and. You know, I I knew I was going to be very nervous, but he would have been the perfect person to interview, and I couldn't be more right in this decision. And and then when I was speaking with Matt Lindley, who is a director of innovation at Sapien Nitrile, a mentor for me for life, and he looked at me, he's like, "I think this is it. Faith, this is something you have to pursue. This is you." And 
when he was talking to me, and that was very early on, I think it's in episode four or five, I knew it. I just, with his words, I could have, I knew I would be doing this for years. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in your eyes. I can feel the, the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the words for it. And other, you know, we've talked about threads that go through different guests. Sometimes we go for variety. This person's in the military. This person's uh, a graphic artist, you know, mm -hmm. a, a wide range. I think of one guest, Barry Alexander, who had a 40-plus-year career as, a, as an opera singer traveling Europe, traveling the world, and then in PR, and now is leading um, with a partner for international music competitions. Mm -hmm. So not really success in terms of, you know, six-pack abs or, you know, such and such dollar amount after a given number of years. But many of the guests have either meandered or or worked their way from somewhere they were to somewhere they wanted to be mm -hmm. or turned a passion into a career or found joy in a career they didn't think they'd find it in. Mm -hmm. So just to mention that, in the actual content of the podcasts, everyone has their own certainly experience their own feeling their own perspective and still certain themes seem to you know keep coming back mm -hmm. so maybe a voice of encouragement either to somebody young who's like oh my goodness i don't know you know quote unquote what to do with my life the thought that you might do three five or ten things mm -hmm. as you know the direction the world seems to be going or i'm so old you know what can i do now you know i've lost my job the plant closed down mm -hmm. uh what you know how can i find something compelling uh, from some direction I expect or some don't, and a bunch of the guests have done that. And without, you know, getting too serious, everybody, every living person has had some sort of huge setback, mm -hmm. physical, health, emotional, financial, substance abuse. Uh, you know, once you, once you get to this really any age, and even if I remember correctly, one of the episodes that may or may not have been released yet, um, Lee Skunis, mm -hmm. uh, the athlete and yoga instructor was talking about somewhere in his twenties, having witnessed all this sort of, frankly, accidental death and tragedy of, of other young people. Close friends, yeah. Yeah, even somebody who, who I've met his friends, and they're all extraordinary athletes, and all these people you think so full of life, even somebody mm -hmm. you think, wow, just starting out, mm -hmm. this you know, funky, interesting, sporty, hilarious guy mm -hmm. must not have a care in the world. Right. And it, there's a truth to that, and there's also that, that depth there. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe just given my background or our style, getting a little self-helpy about it, but that through the stories, there's entertainment. And I think there's a lot of hope, mm -hmm. whether from a, you can see it coming. Someone's like, oh, you know, I knew I was going to be a physician when I was, you know, in my teens and here's how I did it. Or people who kind of bounced and ricocheted mm -hmm. from one experience, you know, to the other. I think this is back to why we're actually all so similar. Regardless of ethnicity, height, in this case, Lee Schoon is a 6'9". <laughs> we won't call out, because it's radio, we won't call out which of your esteemed guests are diminutive relatively physically <laughs> yeah, stature-wise, but we have a, quite a big height disparity between the largest and smallest guests. <laughs> and true. we love them all the same. Yeah, that's true. I'm probably the smallest guest. Um, <laughs> there you go. And, um, it, you know, and it's really amazing because even one of the things I, as I was learning more about myself, my guests on my podcast, I made an effort to reach out to people much younger than I am, my cousins, and say, you know what? I remember being in my 20, teens, late teens, 20, 20s are tough. I want you to know that I know that. And if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm not going to force my experience onto you and say no more. 
but you know, call me up and for now, I want to tell you like how important you are in my life and you know all that. Is really the more people you listen to, you realize how similar we are. We all are from our fears and joys and all all that in between. So it's very encouraging. And I also want to say that it's you know these days people say that do not buy gifts anymore, buy experiences. And at a high level means okay, so. You know, to dumb it down, instead of buying an expensive item, why not take your best friends to go to a Disney World or go to a restaurant or go to a concert?、Um, but for me, one of the experiences I feel like not only I, I did not buy, but I created was when I interviewed、uh, Julia Holloway. I went to her house and it was so decorated in a way that I could so easily re- relate to. There's kind of an Asian accent and element, and. When I walked in, unlike some of the male guests that are very dominant early on in my podcast, she asked me, "You know, would you like some oolong tea?" I said, "Oh, that sounds really good." And this winter, many people were sick, so she put honey in my oolong tea, and she put it on this lovely little fur-looking. Well, I just like the whole thing is, you know, you can say your phrase, say chick heaven, <laughs> chick heaven, at Julie, you know,、uh, Julia's house, and. Literally, the place where I recorded my podcast and some of the pictures were taken, and on my blog post, you feel like you're sitting in anthropology, carefully decorated by Julia, and there's so much energy, positive energy, and there's that connection, natural connection between women, and what she said to me very much, you know, resonated、um, and、uh, helped me, and still are influencing. Uh, what I do at work and my personal life. So, yeah, I, I see that you're ready to kind of move on to some of the other topics as well. And,、uh, yeah, I, I, just a, a few thoughts about what you just said. As I guess what you what you saw on my face.、Mm-hmm. So yes, the, remember the kind of maybe gentle powers against you know too big a word, but that you know coming from Julia. So a few thoughts. One is we talked. About, oh, if you want a podcast, you can. You can do it. You can do it. That's true. And another way to go at that when you talk about. Kind of capture those moments. I know you said to me when you first started the podcast, this is something that you might want to show to your future children. So what I would say, just to rather than asking you it kind of a contrived way, I'll just say it: that somebody could, you know, on the phone meet their friends, record it, and you don't have to broadcast it.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the exact word in the old days. You know, pre-internet, they used to call it an oral history. I know people still do that,、mm-hmm. where Maybe an aging relative is, you know, frankly, going to pass away, and you want them to tell their stories,、mm-hmm. or certain culture, you know, as some native culture is dying out, you want their story to be, you know, to be held on to or carried、mm-hmm. forward, or、uh, without giving a lot of detail, maybe some, maybe some tapes were made in college by people、mm-hmm. who may or may not be in this room、mm-hmm. and could be listened to decades later with、mm-hmm. appreciation. So whether it's trivial, whether it's deep, or just to, you know, frankly, hear a loved one's voice, right? Who、mm-hmm. maybe you want, hey, this was, you know. Hey kid, this was me at age thirty, thirty-one,、mm-hmm. or to play for yourself. So if you listen to us kind of cheerleading for, hey, you put on a show too, and you're like, yeah, it's not for me, you know, for whatever reason, you don't have to commit to a big thing, and you don't have to even ever show it to anyone except yourself or your children、mm-hmm. or、true. who you choose to. Yeah. So so spin it or or appreciate it in kind of any way you want. Yeah. So there were a few. There was there was the you don't have to broadcast it. There was a yeah Julia, which I can't I can't summarize or even kind of put a label on it. It sort of speaks for itself, kind of her her special vibe in helping businesses be more effective and people being more effective through her consulting. So I guess where that leaves us is a quick minute. Oh, so I'm sorry for the for the 
uh, fake mumbling to cover, not knowing what I was going to say. So what the, the, the face, the look I got on my, the face I got on my look, the look I got on my face when you're we talking was because I thought of something I really did want to share. Somebody's out there and wondering, what if I want to be on the podcast? Mm. Uh, super briefly, what you've told me is it's either about, it's maybe it's about being helpful or interesting. There's no particular bar. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be well known. You don't even have to have your act together. You can stutter. You know, you can talk quietly. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to be on the podcast, uh, who can be on the podcast or, or, uh, should they just reach out to you? Like what, what, what do you look for in a guest? So right now I have a backlog of people. I have, I've always knew I wanted to interview these people and, and then I've identified a few more recently. You know, due to some of the events I went to, and literally one day I was watching the news, and this doctor at MGH and literally invented this new medicine. Let's just say, and then saved this this young girl, and and I immediately went to his page. I was like, how am I going to call him up and proactively reach out to him and tell a story about him? But if you're listening to this and you've listened to a few episodes of mine, I feel like you have interesting stories to share. You know, I'm certainly I'm not saying no to anybody and I believe when you volunteer yourself and there truly is something that you want to share with the world and my general consensus is I want people who come to the show with an open heart which you know in a general just have curiosity towards the world and other people do not discriminate you know anyone any religion and you know on my show I don't talk about politics and I don't talk about religions and and, um, you know, those are not the areas I want to cover. And my podcast is not a debate. It's not 60 minutes. It's not an investigation. And it's really a share of your, your passion. And at some point, hopefully I'll get there that I have so many requests. Then I might at some point to say that I have to prioritize, but I'm at this point, I'm not quite there yet. So I'm very interesting to hear from people and learn about their lives. Nice. So I guess before we wrap up with the last few questions of where's the podcast going and, you know, what do, where do you think the future's at? Is there anything else I haven't covered? Other interests of yours? Other things that, that you want to share? Well, um, I think a few things I would say to people living in the modern world and especially if you live in big cities that are super fast paced and you don't find time for yourself or for the things you like to do. Obviously, again, if podcast is not the thing, you know, find a hobby that, that interests you. So what I want to focus on for my life, my projects, my professional life really is to stay healthy. And, you know, I feel like a healthy body is critical for a healthy mind or vice versa. So I love yoga. And I have, speaking of which, I've recently, um, very recently invited Claudia... Um, Altucher to my show and she already accepted my podcast interview. One of the things she's really passionate about is yoga and I've been a practitioner since 2000. So And she's a yoga instructor and she produces vi- yoga videos as well, right? Yeah, and she travels around the world. She even goes to Thailand to a retreat and we're not talking about even just go to another state. And India, if, if I'm not wrong, I think she actually went to train in India and had kind of a well, she can relate it, but a kind mm-hmm. of a very impactful experience there as well. Yeah. You know, whatever little things you do for yourself that really take that time to pay attention to yourself and look inside 
you know, silly things I like to do. I want people to kind of know certain, you know, something about my life that I wouldn't know from um, just my professional network. You know, I love yoga. I even, I've gone as far as getting like chakra, uh, you know, aromatherapy stuff. And, um, and I love Taekwondo and I still practice on a regular basis. I've gotten my third degree black belt last year. And at this point, it's not really about the rank anymore is to be able to surround yourself with people with like passions. And, you know, I get to inter interact with little kids. I mean, as young as three or four year old. I mean, imagine being in the same room trying to learn the same things. OK, it's not quite the same things, but well, it kind of is, though. It's they're with their <laughs> they're they're not third degree black belts at age four. But yeah, but one of the kind of cool things about Taekwondo being a uh let's say direct martial art where the stuff we teach the beginners uh because i've been involved in that as well over the years mm -hmm. is the same stuff mm -hmm. i think uh pretty close you know by the t certainly by six years old a first lesson for a six or certainly a seven-year-old is probably the same first lesson mm -hmm. for we have an entomologist or a jazz drummer or you know all these or just a you know not just but a student right uh you know off the street so there's that, that kind of common common ground yeah and i think absolutely and i think you know we didn't get to talk about my professional life in in an area of my great interest which is mentoring young leaders or young kids as young as you know middle school high school and i'm not even talking about college interns here really fascinating but i get to exercise that interest at my taekwondo school coaching kids from age four and up and people who are, you know, more senior than I am and how I tailor my coaching instruction to them based on their physical level, their age, what they're hoping to get out of this and stay with them, you know, spiritually, physically. And um, all my podcasts on faceworld.com, a few things I'm going to, I feel like it's going to evolve on their own. I'm going to have a section as promised earlier called Vendors. If you really want to set up your own podcast or record voices from your loved ones, your mentors without broadcasting to the world, I have vendor section. I'm also going to have a backstage section where I provide a few articles, one-on-ones on how I record, how I go about recording, what are some of the features within, say, Audacity you can take advantage of in the few minutes to significantly improve your output. And I'm also going to have a little rambling section as well to dedicate to the things I love that could range from cooking, the food I love, to be very lucky, living in Boston, go to Chinatown for lunch all the time, and frozen yogurt. And, you know, lastly, some of uh, my friends have commented on um, fashion in general. That's an area that I feel very passionate about i mean that probably doesn't sound foreign to to women and um but it really is a two two people have influenced me in, in that regard one is my mom who's an artist i'm going to release an episode of her uh, on my podcast uh hopefully soon she's a full-time artist but she also was a consultant to a few fashion uh design companies in europe when i was younger and as a result, she's very good friends with um, this woman named Ning. And I've been very lucky to receive a lot of uh, some of the designer pieces from her. You know, I'm a little, I agree, I'm a little spoiled in that sense. But since I was seven or eight years old and she would send me these things and I, I would study them. So it wasn't just putting them on and run around. It, and I still feel like these days, 
you know, podcast is about self-expression. I feel like fashion is as well. You don't have to put on the most expensive clothing. But in my rambling section, I want to really talk about how you dress to be you, you know, and that's when you can look most beautiful and feel most confident. So nice. So again, um, so of course, you know, and some of the listeners might know, but uh, your mother's really, an ex- you know, truly world famous, uh, extraordinary artist. What's her medium, our media, and just a little bit about her and what's, you know, also about, about the fashion, not at all to cut it short. I feel like we'll bring this episode out. So of course, up to you, but get some feedback. What do people want to know about and yeah. devote time that it deserves you know mm-hmm. fashion world how does that relate to the advertising world mm-hmm. and though i certainly can't speak from experience being a woman is a whole other topic that i guess maybe i'll, I'll take the blame for that i didn't bring up uh just because mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me but i know that that's been a mm-hmm. thread that certainly love and respect our male guests but one of the goals of the podcast would be to mm-hmm. bring out female voices mm-hmm. and you'd mention to me that they're a little bit harder to find. Yeah, they're very tough to find. And that's why I <laughs> I had requested to have my mom on the show. And she really gladly accepted the invite. The recording was in Mandarin. And, you know, I postponed the post-production because that one's going to be very time-consuming. Translating the content. Has somebody read out the question that I respond? We have very similar voices. Right. So unless somebody, mm-hmm. uh, unless somebody objects, Mandarin obviously spoken by, uh, I guess... I know billions over over a billion people, yeah. but if that's not one of your languages, it's going to be the, especially there as well. But they're going to translate to English. I'll be you. You be your mom in English. So if people want to hear from Miss Lee, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be able to hear in English about yeah. her extraordinary stuff. And there's an, a small but amazing sample of her uh, Chinese painting, traditional yeah. Chinese painting on the web that they can come visit. So she, you know, a little bit information about her, um, to, it's interesting to end on her. I think she would be very pleased. My mom has been a professional artist and she feels very lucky, um, to have kind of lived her path and lived her passion. She was a, what's known as master artist at the Forbidden City in Beijing, China. The Forbidden City is also known as the Palace Museum where the emperors used to live. It is, it's very grand. It has 9,999 exact temples built inside, and some are, are really big. So, um, my mom was chosen to be an artist there when she was, I think, just barely 20, 21 years old, and had been working there, retired recently. So she was there for about 37 to 40 years, and forgot the exact year there. Um, so, you know, I think it's it's pretty amazing. She worked as a fashion consultant, and she's still working on uh, a couple of very significant collections. And to give you an idea that, you know, I've released 19 episodes on my podcast. The collections she she's working on right now each will probably hold more than 100 paintings. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, the themes are related to each other, and the styles could be a little different for the collection. And that also means there's a lot of trips to the art stores and finding the right materials. Um, but yeah, you can visit her at shangliart.com, X-I-A-N-G-L-I-A-R-T.com. She has a Facebook page and um, all of that will be released with the podcast in the near future, of course. And um, yeah, it's a little bit about my mom. And then secondly, yeah, women. Um, Onto the women's topics. That's one of the reasons 
And so far, I have a few women on my show. Started with Ina from Ina's Kitchen.、Uh, she was on my first, and not the first episode, but definitely the first woman on my show. She has an amazing story, and she cooks like an angel because I feel like her cooking is not only to to make you full, but also it's just. Unbelievable Jewish cuisine, and you're hearing this from a Chinese person who grew up in a household of two chefs. So,、um, and then other women, as mentioned, Christina Reed, who's a producer at Disney, as well as Julia Holloway, who has a full-time job, very impressive resume, with a consulting practice on the side. And the reason is, as a woman, I really want to bring out more voices out of other women. And it's tough because all the other famous podcasters said that. Somehow, ninety percent of their guests are male, and they say that male somehow just line up. There's like no tomorrow. Self promote almost like, hey, everybody, look at me, call on me. Yeah, exactly. And women are have all these duties of full time job, you know, raising three children, and and it's、uh, it's amazing. And I also think I'm able as a woman that I'm able to connect with other women on a level. I mean, for those of you who don't know me as well. You know, there's a side of me could be a little bit tomboy, you know, playing ice hockey and skating and kicking and, people in the nose. Yeah, taekwondo, all of that. So I have a feeling that you know, when I connect with women, it's not always about super specific, narrow, like you know, sort of women topics.、Um, and I think I'm able to approach them in a in a kind of a neutral way, almost.、Nice. So yeah. So on that on that up, like I said, um, plenty more to explore in those areas that you mentioned. Uh, in case somehow you manage to get the episode, you know, without without the note, it's the Phase World podcast, F E I S, like Sam World, which I believe is at phaseworld dot com. Thank you, Faye, for being a guest on your show. Thank you for interviewing me. Yay! To listen to more episodes of the Phase World podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or visit phaseworld dot com. That is F E I S W O R L D, where you can find show notes, links, other tools, and resources. You can also follow me on Twitter at Phase World. Until next time, thanks for listening.